Journey Production. Today we're going to have uh, Steve, what's your last name again? Bags. Steve Bags. Uh, we're going to talk about his time as uh, a farmer and uh, basically his all around life and see how it goes with that. So, Steve, uh, tell us about farming and how horrible it was. Because I, I had a friend of mine that uh, when I went down to Dallas for a, a honor flight, He's a rancher, and he's telling me all the horror stories that he had to deal with with farming. Well, I mean, uh, I'm, there's some bad aspects to it, yeah, but there's a lot of good. Um, the, bad, the bad aspects is you get paid three, four times a year, kind of depending on uh, every time you take a load of cows to market, every time you harvest, and that's pretty much it. So basically, you did ranch. What what's the difference between ranching and farming? Because well, I mean, you had you had both. You had you yeah. had to work work on the land, yeah. And then you have you had cows. Yeah. What, it, why is there a big difference? Like saying, "Hey, I'm a farmer." Hey, I'm a rancher. Well, the big difference is in in farming. You um, you raise crops because my father and I we raised wheat, sudan cotton, soybeans, and alfalfa, right? Okay. Ranchers don't really do that. They focus more on cattle. Okay. Right? So but, you, you basically did both. Yeah. Okay. What was the profit margins on that, usually? That's very damn slim. Really? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, you got to have at least minimum 5,000 acres. For, just for this area, though. Because if you go, say, east... The farms get smaller, but that's only because the the uh, yield. Yeah, the the soil is a lot better, and okay. and around here we get this hard packed clay, which is yeah, yeah, yeah. My uh, my mom used to work uh, work on a garden here. The only area that we could grow anything like violently yeah. is where we had the hogs, and we got when we got rid of them. Yeah. That whole area was just nutrients. Yeah. It's a, a lot of that comes back to what I've tried telling other people about my my position on minimum wage. Yeah. Uh, they're like, wouldn't you support it if minimum wage got raised to you know blah blah? But no, I wouldn't. I said, well, why? I says, well, when you think about it, every time you watch throughout history where they sit here and says, oh, we're going to increment your minimum wage and we're going to raise yeah. minimum wage, and what ends up happening is is your, your upper class come down toward the lower class yeah. and the lower class stay put and, yeah. and a lot of that has to do with the fact that your farmers they can only produce X amount and that amount has to sell for X amount in a lot of degrees well the 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 yields of the crops uh, uh, corn soybeans wheat have grown so much that uh, because the scientists have found ways to actually come up with new um, strains of, of corn and soybeans and wheat. And they can actually, um, what's the word, um, modify it for the environment. Yeah, okay, you're talking about uh, genetic uh, yeah. modifications of yeah. the... Uh, but, but that's not anything new, realistically speaking. I mean, no, we've been doing that for thousands of years. <coughs> yeah, yeah. But, it's, but, it's just we're accelerating it in yeah. the lab versus. Well, that's that. That's another thing is is a lot of people are are anti 
GMO. Uh, HMO? Yeah, GMO. Or GMO. Yeah. GMO. <laughs> They're well, anti-GMO, but we've been, like like y'all said, we've been doing this for thousands of years. We've been genetically modifying our I mean, look at dogs. Well, They're crossbreeding. And, the thing yeah. about GMOs is, if you look at what we've done for uh, our food crops, that was, that was taking an aspect of one plant and an, another plant and Oh, you mean like the the grapes that taste like oranges or? Yeah, oranges but, it's, like but, but realistically, we were still doing that because you can take certain species of plants yeah, that will crossbreed, but not on a molecular level. Because what we have now with the GMOs is they're taking aspects of uh, insects and animals and combining that with, with food. That's why people are so against the GMOs because they're they're eating a, a chimera. It's it's not pure food. Hmm. But but you know I can understand where you're coming from on that one. But what I'm saying is is you take different species of plants. Yeah. You have certain plants that will breed with any other plant. Yeah. And the way we've been actually making before you know if we started fiddling with it on a direct molecular level yeah. in the lab, or moreover on a genome sequencing level where we're talking about the RNA and the DNA oh. and the specifics, um, we were still modifying that RNA and DNA by taking and saying, okay, we want this plant, we want these traits from this plant, so we're going to breed with this plant over here until yeah. we get something in between the two off of this plant, and then yeah. we're going to breed this plant with but, the one we want to modify. But if that was beneficial, this this GMO, it's, it's not because it's introducing a lot of mutations. To the crops that are having they're having ad, adverse effects on us. Oh, really? Yeah. Uh, if you look at say gluten, mm -hmm. um, the gluten allergy has skyrocketed in the last what thirty years. When I was a kid, we didn't have gluten. Yeah, we didn't have gluten, gluten allergies. Like I mean, but the, the, the I hate to say, can we really blame that on the gen genetically modified stuff though? Do they even have the reason why that's... I mean, what makes it a gluten allergy isn't what anybody says that it makes it a gluten allergy. There's a lot of people that say, oh, I can't do gluten because... Yeah, it's a fad. It, it, that, that part is a fad, but I've known actual people that have gluten allergies to the point where if they have anything with gluten in it, yeah. they shit themselves. Yeah. Yeah. I, I've, uh, there's this uh, comedian... But she has a gluten allergy, and <clears throat> she really wanted this sandwich. She was talking about it on one of her podcasts. She's like, I really wanted that sandwich, but I knew I had a lot of gluten in it. As soon as she ate that sandwich, she had to go right to the bathroom. Yeah. Yeah, well. It's, it's kind of like peanut allergies, too. I mean, yeah. I think I've met some people that could not even be in the same room as an open jar of peanut butter. Their allergies were so bad. Yeah. yeah. Well, me personally, I think that stems from the uh, vaccinations that we're forced to take as, as kids, because we're all in our, our early 40s, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. right. Well, if you look at the list of vaccines that we had to take as a kid versus what they have to take now, and if you look at the, uh, at, at the rate of autism, the food allergies, I mean, yeah, there is a direct they, correlation. It, it sounds like it is cor correlation, but... They've actually scientifically proven that 
vaccines are not caused of well, who, autism. Who actually sponsored that? Yeah, that's kind of so, true too. I would have to. I would have to go in, in in a little bit more depth on the research on that to find out where it was. Because but I've read a couple of articles that just said, yeah. uh, realistically speaking, but we've, I, but I, but and and also, autism really hasn't has always been there. Yeah, and it's been there before even. Uh, Vaccinations and everything else. Yes. That's what I was going to say. Is you know, we, I I really don't think it's a matter of we just now, but we just now been able to document. Oh, this kid has this. That's what he has autism. Yeah. I don't think it was a matter of autism rates have increased because of vaccinations. I think it's a matter of our medical science has increased enough to the point that we can identify what the signs of it are. Because yeah. you take somebody like Einstein. There are people who want to say that Einstein might have been autistic. Hell, Tesla might have been autistic too. Yeah. And you can't really say that autism is a bad thing because they're just using their brain a different way than we are. And a lot of those very autistic people, they've been brilliant in their own ways. They've, They've come up with things that the average person... They're going to look at it and say, I'm not a rocket scientist. Yeah. <laughs> oh, we're 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 trying to get people to start doing a drinking game. Yeah. So what you're doing right now, I kept on constantly doing it, saying yeah. <laughs> so every well, I, I was listening to the, um, the pod the, the 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 last episode when we did it with Jason when we had a third is we had I kept on every time he would say something, yeah, yeah. Man, that motherfucker that's listening and made a drinking game is probably in a hospital. <laughs> I destroyed that man's kidney. But what's the day-to-day on uh, on farming? I mean, a lot of people want to say it's like you get up before dawn and leave when the sun sets type of work. Or it, Well, it can be. Uh, it really depends on the season. Uh, like right now, what I would be doing cattle on your uh, farmland separate. I was just wondering. Well, uh, sometimes um, say uh, what a lot of farmers do is they graze their wheat out. Right? And it actually hurts the wheat, but not so much as you know, the bugs will do to it. And it'll actually 
it's very beneficial to the uh, to the cattle or to the calves. If because what my father and I did, we had a cow calf operation, and that's that's kind of on the minority for this area. Because what a, a lot of farmers do is they have either a stalker operation or a somewhere in there, start getting, my, start getting all the tractors ready. 
change um, changed 18 inch uh, sweeps. I take those off and I put the what we call duck feet. Their their sweeps are been about eight, eight inches across. And uh, change oil. Uh, do you know use basic service on the tractor and it take uh, a few days. Now on on when you had uh, cow uh, with uh, uh, doing both cattle and the farm was. Was getting the fertilizer easy for you because you already had the cattle? Did you implement that? Well, we would go to the co-op over Walters and buy fertilizer, and they would come out there and spread it for us. But that was right before we would sow the wheat, and we'd have to plow it up or plow it in that that same day. Okay, so you didn't implement any of your the cattle's actual manure. No, so. um, when if you go around here. And if you look at the wheat that has uh, that's been grazed out, you'll see spots about this big that are darker, greener, and they're they're about three to at least twice as tall as the wheat that's been grazed out. That's where the cows have have shit. Oh, uh, okay. So I mean, <coughs> well, like, like like I said, when when uh, my mom, my my uncle ended up. Surprising my mom with a potbelly pig. Yeah. And this is in town. We just had to keep it up back from the fence and everything. And uh, after, I think we had that those pigs for probably about two years. And after two years came around, we got rid of the pigs. Now, probably about a year. Because that, that soil was so enriched. Mm -hmm. I mean, we could grow anything there. Yeah, yeah, it's over there. So, how many, well, say for you as for an example, but, you know, how many other farmers that you know of would partially or completely live off the grid, as they say? You know, provide their own electricity, provide their own water? Uh, very few. Um, during, during my grandparents' time, you could do that, kind of. Still don't really, oh. unless you spend over a million dollars for the solar panels and wind. You know, well, most farms. people, most people nowadays, they even own farms. I mean, if it's vast, I mean, it has to be like super vast. Actually, have jobs. I mean, when I was working corrections, uh, George uh, Stutton, there was at least six people there that ran farms that worked yeah. right with us. Yeah, they had yeah. their own farms and everything. Yeah. And most of the time, they. Actually, the reason why they worked up at the prisons because they had that four days off so they can work on the yeah. farm. Yeah. But you know, the, the, whole, the whole reason I was asking is because, you know, you occasionally run across somebody saying, well, oh, if you've got cows, you can make your own methane. If you can make your own methane, you can run your own generators and yeah, but water wells and blah, blah, yada, yada. So I figured I'd make it kind of a point to mention that, you know. Well. Those are not as viable of an option as a lot of people try to make yeah. them out to be. Even though, yes, they are available, it takes a lot of work and yeah. and effort into those things to, to make them start to even want to become viable. Yeah, well, like with my parents and, and my grandparents, we they all had their own wells from you know, well water, but in order to power it, they had to have 
plus years you only get it, but I mean, I, I've always well now. Well, even back then, would would it end up happening? And I learned this. Uh, I actually learned something in school. Uh, what is happening is is uh, people once they see one windmill, yeah. they put a windmill like over by it and start siphoning the actual water and ended up causing a big drought in some yeah. cases. Yeah, I can't. Um, with the the Ogallala Aquifer, that's in the Panhandle of Texas and goes up to, I believe, past Nebraska. Uh, the people up there use the center pivot uh, irrigation. And if you have seen pictures of that area of the farms and there's... No, no, we drove through them. <laughs> they're, they're horrible. Yeah. I mean, it, it's beautiful land. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. It's beautiful. There's hills and everything, but the stretch of highway we have to go on is a two-lane highway, and half the time there's farm vehicles, and we're it's supposed to be like sixty miles an hour, yeah. and we're only going like five. Five. <laughs> well, it's beautiful land. It's just yeah. it's one of those that well. You can say it's beautiful land, in my opinion, when you could look out and as far as you can see, for as far as you can see, is nothing but seas of what appears to be grass. It's probably Kronenberg, though. Yeah. Well, I'm not saying what it is. I'm just saying, you know, when you look out and you've got green stuff no taller than this for as far as the eye can see, I can't really say I think that's all that pretty. (laughs) Well, it kind of puts your background up. I mean, um, First couple of times it was beautiful. Last ten years it's been monotonous. Yeah, but I'll tell you one thing: if I could make as much money farming as I do at, at you know, where I work, I'd, I'd I'd farm full time. Oh yeah. You know, a lot of people do it, but they also do like other. Uh, they do things that are coincide. Yeah. To what they're doing. Yeah. That's like what we're doing right now. Uh, this business actually coincides with actually marketing our own stuff. That's the reason why we're going to start doing t-shirts. Hopefully, next week we'll get started because the, all of our stuff is coming up. But it's what what you're doing as a hobby, and it turns out working out for you. I yeah. mean, uh, even saying... Uh, Joe Rogan, who start is doing really well. He started about ten years ago on just doing podcasts and doing yeah. video and just a bunch of his friends fucking around. Anyways, uh, right now, I mean, he gets probably about seventy five thousand an episode. Damn. And he puts on like four or five episodes a day. But it's all it's all depending on uh, if we can make sales off the teachers because we can do whatever we want yeah. on there within reason. I mean, unless we want to switch over to Pornhub, that is how the whole idea. <laughs> I literally had this whole idea. It was gonna be awesome. We we're gonna have a chick like just masturbating on the table while we do interviews, and we just put it on Pornhub and see if we could get lots of views and money off of that one. I shot that nun down. <laughs> because knowing myself, I wouldn't get a... I switch off. He would have been fine. <laughs> now, if we do it to where 
you know, someone's working on a circuit board, yeah, he would be totally up. He, it's the regular guy thing that works against me. I was like, dude, she, the person's asking you a question about fucking what? <laughs> Jeez, I'm I'm enthralled in this show that we're watching. This is a bad idea, Dave. I don't yeah, maybe. Maybe it was. Most definitely. I'm not gonna Well that's, that's like, you know, and he's right. And he's I mean, not the only one to say it. I I do have that bad tendency to anything that I find educational really does just sucks me in. I'll spend hours researching. Yeah. yeah. But it's that's just it's just, you know, one will connect to one and the other one. I mean, yeah. right now we have to get our social media uh, up, and that's more. A lot, and a lot of people don't understand. Uh, they 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 think they understand certain things. It's like, oh, all you have to do is this. And with yeah. farming, it's it's <laughs> it, it's yeah. you're you're really just wrestling Mother Nature. Yeah, that's you're. Yeah, it's a little bit more complicated. I I was explaining to somebody else when they asked me about hydroponics, and I says, I could build your hydroponics setup. That's not the problem. The problem is, is you're going to have to get the chemical tests so that you can maintain the pH balance of the water. You're going to have to get the mineral tests so that you can maintain the mineral contents of the water. And then you're going to need to know what pH and what mineral content the plants you want to grow require. Yeah. Yeah, farming is a little bit more complicated than what Mike Bloomberg makes it out to be. Yeah. <laughs> he's he's not. He's an idiot. But how, that that's a good question. Do you actually have to check the soil every once in a while to see if yes. it has the right? Uh, yes. How do you do that? Uh, you usually call Oklahoma State University and they'll send a scientist out. Or uh, did you just don't collect the soil and just send it to? Yeah, we can. Oh. Uh, but there's some farmers that are part of a um, test program. Well, they'll uh, take an area about as big as this room and have a strip about this about this wide for a certain variety of wheat, and uh, go over about three inches and have another variety. I remember seeing those when I was a kid. Auburn University used yeah. to do that around the area where I lived. Yeah, and uh, theirs was cotton and corn. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times you'd see a plant like a strip of cotton, no wider than this. Yep. With the bow weevil traps on either side, and yeah. then a strip of corn right next to it. Hmm. Yeah. But you can change the pH levels uh, of lime. You know, we've done that before. Just uh, call the co-op, say I need some lime. Can you want to come out here and spread it for me? Oh. And it's it's a white powder, and it's best not to do it on a windy day. Which around here is very rare. It's also yeah. best not to get it on your skin if, when you're sweating. Yeah. I, I've seen Fight Club. Yes, I know. <laughs> <laughs> but what a lot of people do is is they use anhydrous ammonia. They use anhydrous ammonia for fertilizer, and that stuff is pretty dangerous. Uh, well, there's this one fertilizer that's down in Mexico. They use a lot of now. And they're having problems with it running off because they're using it for their pot uh, pot farming. Yeah. And what it was, it, this this is the only way they found out they were doing it, is they were in uh, rural areas, and this this uh, poison for the it I'm trying to describe best describe it. The best way to describe it is is uh, if you 
you got a little bit on you that's on the plants, mm-hmm. like you're removing it or something like that without any gloves, you would almost you would be in the hospital for a week. That's how bad this poison was. And they're what they're doing is is they're bringing it up, and they're using it on their farm uh, on their uh, pot farms yeah. to. Uh, and they're not caring on where the water comes from and everything. They're really destroying the environment. I put in a description who the uh, ranger is, and he—it's—it uh, was an episode of Joe Rogan. I heard all about this. It, a lot of people weren't listening to the uh, uh, game warden, yeah. and that's who did all that because they—they go in and they do like two thousand acres of land for one person. Yeah. Well, but with that poison, that that's what it, it, it's so toxic. It gets rid of the uh, and doesn't kill the plant. It gets rid of the bugs and everything, but it gets rid of everything else too. You all remember the late eighties, early nineties when they started uh, outlawing the production of uh, soaps with phosphates in mm-hmm. because it was the phosphates are a form of accelerant for plant growth. Yeah, and what was happening was that it was leaching into the groundwater and it was leaching into the water tables as it was making its way out to the ocean. It was causing algae blooms that were literally occupying large areas of the ocean and that was in turn killing the fish. So they were having like massive clumps of green mass material and dead fish washing up on the beaches. <laughs> yeah, but <coughs> I mean, farming is a good lifestyle, but it's not sustainable nowadays unless you well, like, unless you have like the right environment, yeah. like going in Nebraska, Kansas, and yeah, they've got that, that area over there. They've got a lot better soil than we have down here. Yeah, uh, here uh, I can't. Most of the I, you'll have to go in for like a good. Seven feet, to get out of the clover. Yeah. And when when my mom was doing, we had to do we had to do. This is how we had to do our garden and all of her uh, plants. Is we make a two fit hole basically where we wanted to plant everything. Yeah. And we dig up all that uh, for the flowers or whatever we were to do for the garden. Then we had to put. Uh, viable topsoil yeah. auctionated top topsoil put that in there and you can literally see where it ends and begins yeah. because weeds were growing into the clay and everything but everything else was flourished we, and it took us a good month and a half to get all that stuff set up Yeah. but yeah the, but here it's ridiculous how much clay we have oh, well, yeah. we have enough if, if we just want to do pots and everything it'd be well, great well damn not saying I know about any of this at all, but I have heard that the clay is soil, the, the clay soil can actually be used to your advantage if what you do is you basically strip out a massive amount of it and you set it off to the side and then you strip out the next layer under that and then you put the clay soil back and you take the soil that you pulled out from under the clay soil and you mix that with a fertilizer in essence, making a basin that can hold water lower. Yeah, well, if if you're a multi-billionaire, you could do that. But there, there's no farm. There's no farmers that would ever do. Anything. Yeah, it takes a long. Yeah. 
like, like I said, well, took, I'm not saying I know anything it. about no, it. No, I'm just no, saying I've heard about That's more or less like what we did. That's more or less what we did. And on a small scale, like that, it it could work, but on a big scale, you're looking at no. You're looking at probably about. I mean, it took us a month just to do that, and it was just small sections around the house. Yeah. Uh, what you got to understand is, is you're looking at probably like mining. Yeah, strip basically mining. strip mining. Yeah, pretty much. And that takes probably about two to three years, just yeah. to get it the way that you you're now, you're talking about. Now the big corporate farms, if they want to do something like that, they can afford. Oh yeah. They got multi billions of dollars, but uh, the local farmers from east coast to the west coast they, they don't have that kind of money because oh. most of their money is tied up in the land, their animals, and their equipment. And I believe all of that. I was just bringing up something that I had heard about. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, but... it's a great idea, it's a wonderful idea, <laughs> it, it'll work. It, but if Not you're looking at scale. If, look at look at it this way. If we went in and we bought a thousand dollars worth of acres, which is probably about what? How many? Nowadays, it's probably really a half acre. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty close. Two acres. Two acres. Maybe. Acre and a half, really. It would take us to do all that with the dridge, uh, getting it all set up and everything. I'm probably guessing. If you're doing it constantly, probably about three months. In those three months, you're not making one cent because no. you're doing that. Yeah. And, and here's another question. It just says, in comparison... You're actually wasting a lot of money hoping that this works out. In, in comparison to trying to go that, that route there, what about the route that I've also heard them speaking of where instead of trying to just farm the land itself, you build massive greenhouses and... You either set it up when that's, you're putting the soil. That, uh, that's another. It, that's another thing. Or you're using cost. hydroponics. Yeah. That that's another well, thing with going with cost though. Yeah. If you can, I mean, technically, the, you can do it with PCP pipe, and most of the places are actually just using yeah. PVC pipe. That's but the problem of, is, is buying all that. That's what a lot of the corporate farms do. Yeah. Um, they are big, big into, into the hydroponics. Yeah, because. Because once you get it all set up, it's easy to clean. You don't have to worry about soil being yeah. uh, tarnished in any way because you're controlling that. Uh, what? Oh, well, you still have to worry about drought in a way to where when you're getting your water. Well, if you got a uh, a good enough water table, you don't really have to worry about it. Well, that and if you do it in a way to where you're recycling your water. Yeah. I mean that. I mean, even even still, would drought would be a small factor. Yeah. It would still be a, a, a factor a little bit, but it wouldn't be as bad as an actual farmer farmer. Yeah, because the drought that we had here from 2010 when it broke in 2015 was a, it was a good swift kick in the teeth, big time. Because um, my dad and I, we, uh, I think we averaged about... The best we had was, um, I think, 17 bushels an acre of wheat, which is pitiful. Yeah. And um, and one of the reasons that I quit farming, uh, well, my father and I retired from it in 2015, is in t 2000, 
14, early 15, we it, the drought was starting to break, and we uh, got to rain the right amount at the right time every single time. And I'll tell you, fantastic! This gonna be the best crop we've had in 30 years. <laughs> well, uh, we got one big rain. What is it? A storm, really. We got hail, high winds, and torrential downpour. And we went from, say, 55 bushels an acre of wheat, which is phenomenal, to probably 12, like that. Oh, wow. Yeah, because um, there are certain grades of wheat that if they're subjected to high winds and hail or a ton of rain like we got, that the stalk will break over to ground and just lay over. Yeah, and it kind of looks like those... Man, Is there no way to fix that? They can modify the, 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 DNA, the DNA, but it looked like what those man-made crop circles did. Yeah. I was about to say yeah, something about that. Just, it's just plant on plant in you know, one direction. So, did, did y'all tend to use the, um, the types of plants that reseed themselves, or did you have to buy new seed stock every year? We had to buy it. Well... Uh, if if wanted to use the same variety of wheat for say three four years, we would um, tell the custom harvesters um, go put so many bushels in over here in our, our grain bin. Well, we I would tell them sell you know this many bushels of wheat to the co-op, but save this much, and I'm going to put it in 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 the grain bins with auger. Then <clears throat> we were about a month, or well, about two weeks before we started to to sow the wheat, we would order it back out, go over to the co-op, have and and have them clean it real good, get rid of all the oats, the, uh, the milo, I mean everything that's not pure wheat, it would be get be gotten rid of, and that way we would plant nothing but pure wheat. Okay, so but, you didn't have to worry about. Uh, you'd just send all the stuff to get the like bleached if you wanted to make it flour or whatnot. Or I, I don't know about that because um, we never made flour. We just sold it to the co-op. Oh. And what they do to it, it's like you know they sell it to to you know the bread or to someone else, and that's where we get bread and pasta and all that stuff. But um, if we wanted to say change varieties, we would have to have to buy the seed wheat, and that's. I think the most we paid during the drought was uh, 12, 12 bucks a bushel. And yeah, it, we we use, I think, 350 bushels and we could sell everything. Yeah, so uh, there's not much profit margin. Oh, no. But, but when you actually ended uh, your farming and everything, how much of a profit did you, would you be able to get? None. None? No. Because. Um, See, the most I ever farmed as a kid was probably 3,000 acres. I'm, that's a guess because I don't really know for sure. But um, from 05 to 15, we had 1,120 acres. And um, my father only owned two of the quarter sections. Uh, when my grandmother died on the mother's side, her sons sold her two places so we lost a half section and two herds of cattle like that 
Um, then my aunt, my dad's older sister, died. Her husband, her, her husband sold her place that was inherited from her father's. So we lost another quarter second. Then a few years later, um, my dad's other sister, her second, her second husband, got into legal trouble out, out in Arizona with the uh, with, with some fraudulent documents that he signed like a moron. And she sold her place that she got from her dad, and she dipped into her savings. So we went from 1,120 acres to 480 acres. Almost overnight. Damn. Yeah. We had the place where my parents lived, the place where my father was raised, and a lease. And that was it. Now, how much freedom do you have uh, doing that? I mean, I do, it, do it farming and, and ranching. I mean, it's, a lot of people think that, 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 well, generally you think, oh, that's all they do. They don't have any time to, so they have to be on that land doing all that stuff. Well, you could pretty much have like three to four months off to do whatever. Because you were no, telling me, no, no, no. Um, if you're if you're not plowing and if you're 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 harvesting, if you're not harvesting, you're plowing or you're sowing wheat or you're putting in a different crop or or because um, or or during this time of the year, you, uh, you're feeding cattle and and you're trying to get ready for harvest. Now, how do you how do you like plan vacations or whatever like that? Vacation? What the hell's that? <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> no, I mean, I mean, I mean, uh, going on retrospects, didn't you say you took like a vacation every like October first or something like that? Well, when I was farming full time, I I would work Sunday through Friday. I'll take the Sabbath off every week. Period. And um, as far as vacation. kid, uh, we would take vacations with my parents, go to Colorado, Montana, Branson, Missouri, you know, but the work would pile up you know, pretty quick. Uh, you didn't, you didn't have somebody go in and uh, work it no. while you're gone? <laughs> Mainly because my uncle was, um, he would steal fuel from us, um, steal tools. When my grandfather died, he stole both of his case tractors with uh, uh, most of the tools. And so what you're saying is your uncle was a very honest man. Yeah. <laughs> he was a drunkard is what he was. Yeah. A lot of, a lot of people, when they have yeah. like addictions and everything, you I, really I, can't. I think we all have had We've had somebody in our family that's done some fucked up shit. Yeah, I was going to say, we've, every, everybody that I've ever talked to, everybody that I've ever met, has that one family member? <laughs> but this is how bad he was. <clears throat> at, at my grandpa's north, or his half section that, that he called uh, the north place, it was uh, he put it into CRP land, which is which is uh, programmed by the government that they pay you not to farm. Right? Okay. And they. How does it? Okay, okay. After you're done with that, can you tell us how that actually works? Because right. I, I was actually wondering about that. Right. That was one of the questions. That's I was um, but they they encourage the native grasses to grow, and we would um, bail it or get permission from the government. 
contract, it was a verbal agreement that my, that my papa would, I would get a certain amount. Hey, my uncle, I would get a certain amount. My father would get a certain amount based on the total amount of you know, hay bales that were made. Uncle, in his infinite wisdom, kind of tipped the scales in his favor and was taking a bell here and a bell here. And oh, he was double dipping. Yeah, he would lower the total output of bells, but he would get more. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, doing it, doing it to his father and brother. That's, that's yeah. That's, that's pretty low. I, we all have family members that we just they call them the black sheep, but they're really just dicks. Dicks. Um, brown puddles. Brown puddles. Yeah. It's called shit puddles. <laughs> It's there, <laughs> but well, how, actually, how does that work when you get, get get your farms to where it doesn't like basically the government's paying you? Because yeah. I know I know how it works with like uh, dairy uh-huh. is what they do is is they take all that and they and this is where government cheese came from. Yeah. They would have like a surplus of cheese and they would give it out, which is basically all it is is Dolphy Yeah. It, it tastes just fine. Well, but, my, but how 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 does that actually work out when the uh, the government pays you not the farm? Because I know it well, was enacted during this Great Depression. Yeah, uh, my grandfather signed up for it um, on that that board half section, and he just let it grow up, and um, he was paid not to farm it. He had, but but the kicker is. You couldn't graze it out either, and what what the government was wanting to do was to encourage wildlife like birds and pheasants and all this other stuff to use it as a natural habitat. That's why a, a lot of bird bird hunters love CRP man. So see, see, it was it was my thought, and I didn't know this for certain, so I'm glad that you explained that. But I thought that the government was paying people. To reduce the amount of stocks that were on the market, thereby increasing the value. That could have been a uh, a factor. A factor as well. In other words, if if it's it's kind of like saying if you've got a hundred fields producing X amount, the price is going to be down here. But if you've only got ten per fields producing the same amount, the price yeah. is going to be up here. Is there any way to get out of that? Uh. When, when he first signed up for it, it was for a 10-year run. And he could have opted out of it, but he didn't. So, okay, was, so you actually, just put in how many... Sorry. Sorry, folks. Uh, it's just basically how long you want to do that. Yeah, and he actually made more money by, from those two pieces of land by not farming them. Oh. So. I've actually heard that from could, other people okay. before. Yeah. Doing that, couldn't you lease the land to uh, for hunters? Since you said it was yes. actually okay, yeah. So you're still allowed to profit off that land if yeah. you just figure out a way to do it. Yeah. You just can't uh, get rid of any of the stuff that's there. Yeah. Okay. Uh, we also had a had an issue because my grandfather wanted to, or my father wanted, uh, was trying to convince his two sisters to maybe try to get off that CRP land, but we had a bunch of mesquite trees, and the ASCS office, or the 
what's now the Farm Service Agency or the FSA said that we couldn't do anything with them, and they are pretty thick. Mm. Because it, it because those mosquitoes were natural. You know, we couldn't we couldn't spray them, we couldn't chop them down, or, or nothing. Dynamite. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, I mean. I mean, most of that stuff, I mean... Mesquite trees I mean, are not native to this area. They actually migrated up along with uh, cattle ranchers. Yeah. So why anybody would think that mesquite trees... I hate this, mesquite trees! I hate them bastards! <laughs> I'm, I'm just, oh, I'm wait, just no, trying no, to fathom. I need to, I need to re- re- recourage myself on this one. I do not hate. I do not hate. We cannot hate things. I really, really dislike them. <laughs> you can hate well, something because of the points and everything. No, I'm, I'm still trying to wrap my brain around that. That because they're a natural, that's not a natural occurrence. I mean, even even if you say it's a nat- no, it's not a natural occurrence. What? Well, I mean, you could have a bird drop a seed out of its ass when it's uh, shitting and everything. Well, that's how we it, got. That's how we got the mulberry bush at the house. Back, okay. back, back, back when I was a kid. We had we had blackberries yeah. over at my uncle's and yeah. uh, over by uh, Tex- uh, Texarkana. Yeah, but uh, I'm guessing they didn't know that mesquite. I mean, I didn't didn't even know that they were you know native. They're, they're native much further south of here. They're yeah. not native yeah. to this area. I thought yeah. they were. And I'm but guessing, they grow like we. It's it's a fucking tree weed. That's all it yeah. is. It's, it's not a tree. tree. It's it's not a tree. It barely even classifies as a bush. It's a thorny nuisance. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but ninety percent of, <coughs> of the water that they draw up is used to to actually cool themselves off. So they're assholes. Yeah. I, it does make good freaking barbecue though. Yeah, it does. It, that's the one redeeming quality about mesquite wood. Yeah. That's, and you can make furniture out of it, but it's very expensive. Why? Oh, yeah, okay, Cause, yeah. Because they grow so slow. They, yeah. So I tell you how you do it. You just take it, and you feed it into the chipper, and then you take the little bitty chips, and you push it together to make a uh, press board out of it. Probably good. Then you yeah, got mesquite press board furniture. You're but, probably giving people ideas now. <laughs> but, but the one tree that's worse for thorns is a bonar. It's also called called Osage Orange. I've heard of that. I hadn't heard I'm, of the bonar. I've never, they, I've never heard of that. All right. Have you ever seen horse apples? They're, uh, they're fruit about that big, and, and they're like, they're a lime green color. Yes. Yes. Right. Okay. Now a bonar tree has thorns literally from the ground to the top. It's covered up. Now, mesquite trees have thorns, small ones on the trunk, bigger ones on the branches. Bodark, it's thorns all the way up. Yeah. Yeah. But they make boyers, people who make uh, bows, they actually love them. It's, it's very tough wood. Now, relatively straight growing? Yeah, it can be. But they make excellent uh, fence posts because, uh, because once the post uh, cures, it's it's literally almost impervious to to water, bugs, and rot. Um, Sounds a lot like cypress. Yeah. I, uh, at, over at my grandpa's place, there's a uh, old bodark post that has been there for at least 50, 
maybe maybe seventy five years or so that I can take my knife and it's gray, gray on the outside. I can scrape off an eighth of an inch and it's vibrant wood. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And it it hasn't rotted a bit. Now on another subject with the cattle and everything, how how bad did drunk drivers piss you off? I never did. You never had it. You never had to redo a fence. No. Really? Well, not because of drivers, because of uh, floods. Oh. Okay. Uh, Armory ass cows that they want to get out, or you know, whatever. So, so, so the electric fences, the you know, the, the relatively simple ones that they sell. Yeah. Did you use them, and, and how effective yes. are they? The, uh, yes, and it depends on the uh, on the animal. What we primarily used was the twelve volt or the six volt. Uh, solar charged uh, boxes, but at the house where I live and where my grandpa lived, we used a charger that you plug into the wall and it'll knock your dick in the dirt. I think to say. No, I had I had a I had a situation with one of those motherfuckers at one point in time because we were at my uh, grand uncle's farm and. I asked my mom, hey, what's this? It was like, don't touch that. It's electrical fence. Well, it was turned off. They, someone was like, no, no, it's turned off. The only problem with that, as I touched it, oh, yeah, yeah, it's turned off. They switched it on like, when I had both my hands. It was like, yeah, mom, see, it's... Well... <laughs> The, uh, Dick move! That's all I'm saying. Yeah. Dick move! My dad did, did something similar to that. I was probably nine or ten years old, and he had a fence charger. Don't want that running in the background. That's you, uh. Now go ahead and take over that so I can turn off your shit. He would, um. He had a fence charger that you hooked up to a battery. Now we either use a car battery or what he used was a tractor battery. Yeah, you, you know I need alarms for everything. <laughs> Go ahead. He used a tractor battery, which was about that long, about that wide, and about this tall. Good Lord. Yeah, and um, I was, this is probably 84 or 5. I was pretty young. Um, he said, Go take this tester, which was, it's a plastic uh, thing about And I had a copper loop on the end of it, which you would touch to the wire, but I also had a grinding rod. And I, I had no idea what it was. It was, it's a wire, probably this long, that had a um, steel rod at the end of it that looked like a screwdriver. And I asked my dad, I said, what's this screwdriver, you know, um, thing on the, on the end of the uh, wire? He said, oh, it's just decoration. <laughs> yeah. He said, touch that copper tip to the wire and see and see how many lights are on there. All right. That thing hit me. <laughs> I didn't know how to cuss back then, but I damn sure tried. <laughs> and uh, and how many lights are on there? I don't The, the I don't whole know. the whole entire target telling me this and I'm thinking to myself, I was like, why don't you just use a bulk meter? <laughs> well, we didn't have one. That's basically what he was using. Yeah, he was using a voltmeter. I was like, why don't you just use a voltmeter? That would be more intelligent. <laughs> but but it's, it's 
Yeah, I know. It's basically like one of those plugins to check and see if you have volts. Well, yes and no, because you can't technically check a battery with a voltmeter. No. Batteries will have constant voltage even if they're dead. What you, you actually need resistance in order to check a battery. So you, you need something that has a little bit of power drain. Well, we didn't check the battery. We checked the output of the uh, charger. Ah. Okay. But using a battery or a tractor battery or, or a battery for a car for a charger does have its drawbacks. Um, my father was at, uh, this is, one of his leases, and I wasn't there. That's was probably nine or ten. And he was um, he was check, checking the battery on the charger, and so now it blew up. Oh wow! Yeah, this is sulfuric acid. Yeah, been there, done that, not fun. Yeah, and he was blinded like that. And he said the only the only thing that saved me was I knew that pasture very well. I knew where the pond was from where I was. He said he walked to the pond, blinded, and splashed some water in his face, and that's what saved his eyesight. Oh, wow. Yeah. But, um, I mean, that's one aspect of farming that can be dangerous, and I've personally been kicked multiple times, stepped on, stomped on, tossed in the air. No thanks. <laughs> I, I, the worst I ever got was when I was in Abilene, a couple of friends of mine were uh, running in the rodeo and decided, hey, Dave, you want to try this? And I'm like, you know what? I, I'm always up for all kinds of stuff. I get up on the uh, bull and <laughs> bruise and crack three of my ribs. This is when I was in the Air Force, mind you, so I didn't have to worry about the medical expenses on that. But the problem was, is I was military property. Yeah. And they were kind of upset. It's like, what in the hell was in your head for going bull riding? Going bull riding, really? You, you mean I need, need something in there? I thought there was enough space yeah, you had, in here to float the Star at that time, Enterprise. At that time, from, this is before, <laughs> this is before 9-11 happened. Yeah. So they were... You had to ask permission for everything. If you wanted a tattoo, you had to ask. Yeah, if you wanted, if you wanted a, well, Marines, they had to ask if, uh, if they could get married. But can I go to the restroom, sir? <laughs> Basically, it, it, it wasn't it wasn't as that bad, but it was one of those situations where if you did anything wrong, they would try to get. Then 9-11 happened, it's like, whoa, 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 whoa. You need your happy little ass now. You can't yeah. go anywhere. I've also been um, bored multiple times. Now you, what? Bored. Not bored. fun. G-O-R-E-D. Yeah. yeah. I just re- No, I just realized that it took me a little okay, bit. Okay, okay, the, the gears are running now. Yeah. Damn. That yeah, sucks. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, it's, I've, and I've literally almost died four or five times. Mainly messing with cattle, right? But we had this one uh, here years ago. We had a uh, oh, it was the fall roundup, and I, and I couldn't take off work, so my dad got two high school kids, they're greenhorns, and they let two of the bigger bull calves get out. All right, <coughs> spring rolls around. I remember t- 
this high school, two high school kids. It was the same ones, and uh, my dad. And I was, he was in the truck, kind of trying to be the uh, the overall field commander. And I just didn't, you know, I was a dash hush. <laughs> but the uh, smart one of the bulls jumped out. Right, that left the mean one. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, left the mean. And uh, we were able to get him into an area of the lot that led to to the loading lane, right? And none, neither one of them boys wanted anything to do with the bull, which he was, he was pretty good size. I mean, he, he was about two-thirds grown. And uh, so I was trying to force him or to persuade him gently to go into the lane and I could I was not about to get over in there with him. I ain't I ain't stupid. So I climbed I climbed on top of the gate, which I thought was securely latched. And I got my left leg over in there on the inside part of the gate. I got my right leg embraced. Right. And I've got a uh, four and a half foot sorting pole that was uh, that's fiberglass that I'm poking about right here, about right here with, trying to get him to turn and go on the lane. Well, that kind of pissed him off. <laughs> so he charged the gate. So basically, instead of poking the bear, you poked the bull. Yeah. And it, and it wasn't the first time, but it wasn't the last. Yeah, but, <laughs> but, yeah, uh, yeah, no, no. That, that goes along with my theory of, you know, why should I jump out of a, a perfectly good airplane with a bed sheet tied to my ass? No. <laughs> so, where was the board at? Hmm? What was that one at? Was it in your leg? Or no, uh, the spool didn't bore me, but uh, because I was poking him, he, uh, he got kind of pissed off. He charged the gate. I went flying over it. Uh, my upper thigh right here uh, rolled over the top of the sucker rod. Oh, yeah. oh God. And I had a bruise about that, about that big for months. Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, just the just the thought of it. Just, oh, oh it, God. It, it gets better. Oh, God. Oh, <laughs> <go ahead. laughs> now, see, to me, this is fun. Like, that's that's what I grew up doing. Right? Yeah. So, you ended up growing up doing stupid shit like some of us. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I was... Honestly, I was tired. Basically, basically, you were just living life. Yeah. So, my left side uh, hits the ground, and I don't know if it was the Holy Spirit or the hand of God, but I felt the urge to stay put. Like, okay, I'll stay put. And I thought, all right, he'll he'll have to jump over me because the gate's open, and hopefully won't step on me. So... I see his front hooves about where your feet are, right? Because uh, he, he jumped over me, I uh, you know, saw the hooves hit the ground. I'm thinking, all right, where's the back hooves? Wham! Right there in my back. And it, it didn't bruise, it just kind of added insult to injury. Yeah. And um, he goes out, but he's still in the uh, lot. I get up, I'm madder than hell. And I dust myself off. You know, as I said, pretty pissed off. And these kids, they're 17. Their jaws are down here like, dude, are you all right? Get that son of a bitch back in its goddamn lot. I'm tired of fucking with him.
account we had to call an actual cowboy with, with horses and dogs. And he wasn't fully grown yet. And it took two horses and about four dogs to get him up. And I didn't see them load it because I was I was taking a, a load of cattle back to the house. But from, from what I was told, this bull uh, was so riled up that when they were trying to load him up, he pretty much tore up his 16-foot gooseneck trailer. And he, li he lifted up the gooseneck, the back end up, about this tall, using his neck. No, no, it doesn't surprise me. I watched a video of uh, uh, the Spain's uh, running of the bulls, mm -hmm. and a car, alarm, a car alarm went off, and that bull gorged the holy hell. Mm -hmm. I mean, first was the tire, then was half front of the vehicle, yeah. then it was the other half of the front of the vehicle. But see, those bulls are bred for aggression. They're bred to fight. Right? Yeah. And when you do... Um, they're wild, they're wild cattle. Now, I don't mean that they're wild animals, they are, but I'm talking about they're crazy, right? And with, with wild... Because they're more or less for bullfighting and yeah. everything else. But with the wild cattle, there's two types. There's a there's type that, that they want, want to get as far away from you as possible. Doesn't matter if it's in the pasture or in, or in a, a, a lot. They're, they're a pain in the ass to deal with, but they can't be... Dealt with. Then there's type two. They're gonna try to kill you. I've dealt with both. Mm -hmm. I almost got killed by the second type. Oh, what happened with that one? I told you. Oh, the the okay, yeah, yeah. 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 So I'm trying to think that, of another. And that's literally with dealing with that heifer that I told you about. Yeah. That's literally as Well, that's one. Oh no, hang on. <laughs> if that was one of the two instances. Dealing with cattle that I came close to dying. Uh, now, you, did you go to college for mm -hmm. agriculture? What, what was no. what was that like? Because uh, my my daughter does. <coughs> she lives in South Dakota, mm -hmm. and she was telling me I was like I, I asked her. It's like, what are you what are you learning in school? She's like, well, we're learning science, math, agriculture. It's like agriculture. Yeah. But they most of South Dakota, Nebraska, Kansas, they all have yeah. farms and everything. So it seems yeah, well, Cameron does too, and um, but when I was going to college, I couldn't stand farming at all. Um, I was nineteen, thought I knew everything, and uh, no, no, at nineteen you know everything. <laughs> <laughs> but actually, my first major was chemistry, and chem two was my ass. Like, like, yeah, I think my ass never gets. But I sat along because I was passionate about the law, uh, criminal justice. And I, you know, everybody around town that, that I've talked to about college has always at least said they took in criminal law for some reason. Yeah. I mean, I can understand because of the job field that me and you went to when we worked in corrections. But every every person I've talked to, they, they, they started out doing criminal law for some reason. Yeah. Well... One of my professors was Karen Youngblood, and she was a former DA for Comanche County, and she transferred into uh, the criminal defense field because of the corruption. And that gave her a unique perspective on both aspects of prosecution and 
Yeah, there was a lady up in Chicago that did the same thing. Yeah. She went. Uh, she was a, a cop, and she got her law degree. She started ended up uh, doing um, defense yeah. instead of prosecution. Now, with she wanted us to call her Professor Youngblood, even though she had a PhD. So, Professor Youngblood was by far the toughest teacher I've ever had. Really? One of the best teachers. <clears throat> usually, tough teachers are usually the best. Ones. Yeah. But she wanted you to not just know the law, but you had to understand it. That's yeah. a whole different ball of wax right there. Yeah, that was that was the same thing that we were talking about yesterday. Uh, last episode was the whole uh, factor of uh, there's a big difference between knowledge and wisdom. Yeah, and the only way to actually pass her classes was, was to get in groups. And I was, according to my uh, student uh, advisor, I was the first student ever take her criminal law and civil procedures class in the same semester and get an A in the criminal and a B in the civil. Oh, wow. Yeah. What was the difference between the two? Criminal law is... Criminal, yeah. Yeah. Civil is... Are you uh, done with uh, civil court cases? Court cases, yeah. Yeah, lawsuits, stuff like that. Yeah, ba- basically, the, the difference between criminal and civil is... Criminal law is when your prosecutor is going to take you in before the judge and the possible jury, and they're going to decide whether or not you're guilty of committing a crime. Whereas civil is a business is suing you mm-hmm. for royalties on something, or right, another person is, or another yeah. person is suing yeah. you for damages yeah. to their property. Yeah, yeah, like like what happened with Joe J. He he ended up not getting charged for murder, but he ended up getting charged for. Well, he, well he was acquitted of murder, but he was held civilly responsible for his life, death. Yeah. So, but uh, she she told me during my graduation, if you need a referral for a for a law college, ask me. You have been honestly my best student I've ever had. Why, why didn't she pursue that? I don't know. Um, honestly, back then, I, I think it was because of my speech impediment, and it's it's not as bad as it has been. Oh uh, yeah, I understand that. I mean, like, like I already said earlier today when we were uh, off camera, but I was trying to talk about certain. There's there's certain words I just can't say. Yeah. Like, I literally can't say it. And uh, the power lines were distribution that I can't say that word I have to like sound out yeah. each and every every word of that and it, it, it causes so much havoc because I'm just you get I get so frustrated trying to say that word it's in my head I can hear it in my head and I just can't say it that's because you're thinking about it too, too much and what I've learned is if I think about what I'm going to say I can't say it I can say it, but not very fluently, or not very, not very eloquently. Okay. See, see, there's, there's the major problem a lot of people run into, though. Yeah. They yeah, speak much. without thinking, and because they speak without thinking, they sound like a total dumbass. Yeah. Well, <laughs> well what yeah. I've learned how to do, uh, like a preparation for this, is I make a mental outline of not everything I'm like everything I want to say, but kind of highlights. Yeah, well, that's what we were going to go for uh, first when we started this. 
I mean, we had the voice one because we didn't know if we wanted to go with camera or we just go with the full podcast. Uh, I think, I think the one that's on YouTube right now is the one that we just went. Okay, we're just gonna go with it. Yeah. We're just start start talking. I had a I had a long list of stuff I was gonna say beforehand on the on the subject and everything that we we're doing. We're doing what was it? Uh, apocalypse. Yeah, but. It, but I had this laundry list of stuff that I was going to say, and it took me about four or five tries to get that down, yeah, and I just a, said, you know what? Uh, all the apocalypse scenarios that had never happened. <laughs> yeah, and, and it sounded, a, after I got it down pat, because I just started going over, going over, after I got it down pat, I got it, and then I was like, this sounds ridiculous, no one talks like that. Yeah. No one, no. Everything has to go with the flow, go yeah. with the movement, and, yeah. and work out with that. Well, yeah. Um, when I was taking my speech class, that was that was not fun. Um, I, mean, I can write a story very easily, uh, but, but telling the story is fucking. Well, it was difficult for me because I had cards, right? And you know, pretty much I didn't read what was on the cards. But if I just get up in front of a crowd of people and just start talking like that all day long, if it's organic. Yeah. No, I understand that. Because, okay, when I actually do read, uh, my buddy Jason, uh, someone was watching me, like, read over the same time mm-hmm. that I was supposed to read. Because, you know, in class, you're supposed to get up and read and sort of thing. Yeah. Anyways, I was doing that. But I was going over and over and over and over and over again. And someone asked me, I was like, why is he doing that? Oh, he's memorizing it. Yeah. I was like, no one can memorize that. It's, it's three paragraphs. No, he, that's how he does it. Well, the... Uh, but that's that, that is literally the only way I could actually figure it out. Yeah. I, that's the only... I, I'd memorize it. I would, uh, I would do it line by line. And I didn't have to uh, read it at all. Mine was mine was always momentary momentary memorization. In other words, I would I would get up there and, and I would have read like the first paragraph and committed that to my memory, and then I could speak the first paragraph while I'm reading the second paragraph. Well, <laughs> for um, see, I was also in a fraternity, Sigma Tau Gamma, with the Gamma Rho chapter, and. Each, each, or, or each pledge, the proper word is associated with the pledges, and and each member had to uh, had to memorize the creed. Yeah. Right. I'm not going to say what it is, but it was I think five or six paragraphs, and we had to memorize it verbatim, and I could almost still. Well, it's the same thing with me. I mean, any kind of military branch can uh, sing their uh, uh, military branch song. Yeah. I mean, that's the... Okay, every morning, that's what we would sing. We would sing, and to this day... It's uh, it's been about 16 years. No, it's been 20 years. But it's been 20 years since I've seen that song. But if I hear, like, a note of it, Mm -hmm. boom, I can tell you the whole damn thing. Yeah. But I guess that's uh, it for us for today. Uh, Michael went to go do some other stuff. Uh, we had Michael Moffat with us. 
Steve Braggs. Uh, Steve Braggs. Bags. And I'm David Dickerman, and thank you for watching.